1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: And we are live, but hold off, Hold your horses, okay? We gotta make sure. Gotta let it breathe just for a second. Hold on. Hold up. Gotta bring on Facebook. Get the tribe under one tent. Stand by. And we are almost just about good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Chad and Zach. I'm, I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the rumor mill is cranking out nugget after nugget. I mean, Follow this QB thread, follow that QB thread. But obviously with all the buzz surrounding Mac Jones going to San Francisco, Bronco-related QB buzz has focused entirely now on Trey Lance and Justin Fields. We'll talk about the Justin Fields stuff, but the first thing I wanted to pick your brain on was your story today, talking about that anonymous GM who claims the Broncos basically, you know, they're in love with Trey Lance. Break that down. Well, he pretty
3: much said, you know, project the Broncos uh first round pick if they stay at nine. And he said they'll take Trey Lance if he's there. He projects five quarterbacks going in the top 10, which, again, it's not like the Peter King story. It's not breaking news. It's one person's opinion. But it is notable that those in NFL circles, those connected to the NFL from the outside are for foreshadowing the Broncos going after Lance, not Mac Jones, not, you know, uh, Justin Fields, if they get to him. So once again, if he's there, it's always the, the condition. It's the same thing we've been saying for the whole offseason. I don't see George Payton moving up for, for Trey Lance or Fields for that matter, but if they fall to him at number nine, I think he wouldn't look that gift horse in the mouth, which what I think the GM is saying in this instance.
2: I just don't see it, man. I I took some flack because today, Zach, we published uh, the SI team site publisher first round mock. And what that was is uh, all of the 32 publishers that cover the NFL for SI uh, for Sports Illustrated. We each made our selection for our respective teams. And Zach, guess what? When the Broncos went on the clock at pick nine, Trey Lance and Justin Fields had been pushed down the board. They were both there. I didn't take them. I took JC Horn. I was going to take um, Caleb Farley, but I'm like, "Mm," you know, if there, and this was a no trades allowed type thing. Like, let's just get the picks in. Right. And I'm like, you know, if I'm trading back, I'd, I'd look at Caleb Farley, maybe a little farther back in the first round. I don't really like Patrick Sertan as a scheme fit. So I'm going with JC Horn. And man, a lot of fans are like, there is no way in Sam Hill. If Justin Fields is on the board at pick nine, George Payton's not taking him. And I'm like, Hey, you could be right. But I, I'm a little bit more inclined, Zach, to believe this is all um, very vaudevillian smokescreen. All right. This is, he's putting on quite a show. And if I end up being wrong, I'll eat that crow with a, with a decent helping of sriracha. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, it feels like a smokescreen to me. It could Very well could
3: be. And obviously it depends on how George Payton feels about Locke. If he's sold on him and it's genuine and he wants to run it back, then he will. And he will pass up on a quarterback or Kyle Pitts or anyone else on offense for defensive help, which he spent the entire offseason prioritizing. Whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's a defensive lineman, uh, he can go in many different avenues with that first overall pick and it might very well be a trade down not a trade up the big board for a quarterback george payton has the the pick of the litter in terms of avenues to explore as gm in round one and uh if it's on a quarterback which it very well might not be i think Broncos country should prepare for that possibility if not probability that they pass on that
2: i'm sorry i just think let me let me just explain let me just kind of elaborate a little bit on my last point i with how obvious George Payton has been, especially the last two, three weeks. I just got to believe he's a little bit smarter than that. And I'm not just talking about going to the pro days. I mean, everyone's going to do that, right? But, and even taking the coaches, he took Shula to a couple, and now he's going to take Pat Shermer to a couple. I mean, like going out of his way to give quotes to ESPN Denver, Jeff Legwald, that, hey, by the way, yeah, we're definitely going to look at quarterbacks. Hey, we're interested in quarterbacks. Definitely that's something we're going to do. I can read that tweet here in a little bit, but. It just comes off to me as a little bit contrived, which I'm sorry, it hints to me, smokescreen. I actually have that quote. It's the
3: last uh, you know, oh, line of 12? the story. Yeah. So, you know, Legwall did report that. And that seems like it's a little bit manufactured, like Peyton wants that information out there. Yep. And I mentioned this on KK uh, weeks ago, Chet. Peyton, one thing that's great about him so far, he always has the Broncos' best leverage and Broncos' best interest in mind. And keeping that notion alive that he might take a quarterback, this is what I love the approach he's taken so far when it comes to the position, which is obviously crucial. He's given Locke a little support, but not too much. He's hinted that he might take a quarterback, but he's not going out of his way to to paint a favorite. He's keeping all options open, and if he wants to move down or if he doesn't want a quarterback, that pick, number nine, for a team like the Patriots or Washington or Chicago, they would pay more to secure that draft pick, to secure that quarterback. Peyton knows
2: that, and he's maximizing Denver's leverage. I like to see that. Guys, we got so much more to get to. A lot has happened since last we were able to bend your ear on Monday. Uh, At Broncos HQ, we're going to get to all that. Plus, we're really excited to have one of our great superstars, one of our Mount Rushmore superstars, Dave from Georgia, a.k.a. Dave Coleman. Many of you, you all know who he is in the chat, but a lot of you follow him on Twitter as well. We can't wait to talk with him. We're going to do that here in just a few minutes. But first, we got to say hello and we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, Manscaped. Look, guys, it's warming up, all right? The, it's Soon comes the time for sun's out, gun's out. And you want to make sure you've got your male grooming on point. And Manscaped, let me tell you, they're the best tool in your toolkit to help you do that. They've helped over 2 million men around the world, including yours truly, get their male grooming on a whole other level, on point. So if you've let yourself go a little bit or if you've procrastinated, you know, those New Year's resolutions, now's the time to buckle down knowing that You have a next level helper, right? A next level tool to help you do that, manscaped.com.
3: That's right, and for you know, for some of us, it suns out, guns out already. I mean, I can attest to that. I can finally wear a tank top to the gym and not be freezing when I come out, Chad. But I want to, you know, show my arms off, or show my neck off, or show parts of my body off my chest that I wouldn't normally otherwise do. And if you're going to do that, even going to the gym or running out to get food or whatever, you want to look good and feel good. And Manscaped with the lawnmower—I've been saying this for weeks now, and it's the truth—allows you any part of your body to feel better and look better. But I'm holding, as you can see right here, the crop reserver for Manscaped, It's the anti-chafing ball deodorant, and listen, I know it's a very graphic term, a very blunt term, but for guys, we walk a lot, we sweat a lot, things happen down there. This takes care of that. It really preserves and enhances, as it says in the title, uh, your lower parts... And for any man knows what I'm talking about right now, it gets intense and it gets uh, dicey at times. So Manscaped allows you to do that, Chad, and I cannot be happier with their line of products.
2: Plus, if you're one of those gym rats, all right, you've got everything from, the, as as Zach just mentioned, as well as the crop cleanser and these crop mumps. All right, these are extremely handy for those of you that are in the professional realm. You can maybe peel off 30 minutes to get to the gym and do a mile or whatever it might be don't either have time to hop in the shower at the gym, or maybe you don't quite trust those showers enough to get in the shower. You got the crop mop. There's so many different tools, including, of course, the flagship for Manscaped, which is the Lawnmower 3.0, all right? And the Weed Whacker to help you really just, I mean, I was blind to a lot of this stuff. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Ignorance is bliss. And, I mean, I I felt like for the majority of my adult life, I was taking pretty good care of myself. But until I came across Manscaped, I, I realized that, I had no idea what was out there in terms of really being able to help me take that to another level. So you can do it too. Go to manscaped.com. If you use the code huddle, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping and your boys, they'll thank you.
3: That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code huddle.
2: All right. A couple quick things. And then we're going to grab Dave Coleman, Dave from Georgia. Um, Follow the pod on Twitter. We continue to grow exponentially shout out to everybody who helped us get across 10,000 subs on YouTube. Facebook continues to explode. We're this close to crossing hundred thousand followers on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Twitch is kind of slow going, but I'm still trying to wrap my brain around Twitch, to be frank with you. Nevertheless, we want to make sure y'all know how to connect with us. First and foremost, it's on Twitter at huddle up pod, the main account at mile high huddle. All right. My partner Zach Kelberman, as you can see on screen at Kelberman, NFL, our great producer, Buana Beast, who published his second ever article yesterday. Hope you guys checked that out on Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern Tackle. If you haven't checked it out, you're missing out because it's a very good in-depth piece at John K MHH. Also, gang, listen up. You gotta become, if you want access to Kelberman's corner, if you want access to the trickle zone, you've got where are we at? You got two more episodes of the trickle zone before the draft to get all the knowledge, all the information on this class you can possibly get. Kelberman's Corner, both shows are going to continue beyond the draft, obviously, but if you're really wanting to have everything locked down relative to the draft, you got to become a supporter. Go to our Facebook page. You'll see the big blue button. Click it. I think it's 5 bucks. You get access to our premium VIP video content, flagship being Kelberman's Corner, and also the Trickle Zone. And we are rolling out more shows as we inch ever further into 2021 Most of you did not miss the fact that we debuted a brand-new podcast that's open to everybody on Tuesday called Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. That's going to air every single Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Mountain. So we're like, hey, look, we want to offer up a drive-time type of show. We're starting with two days a week. Based on your response, we'll determine if we end up making that a a five-day-a-week type thing. But that's just scratching the surface. Zach, myself, John, we've been brainstorming with all the dudes Our offering that we're about to roll out on YouTube, we're going to create a membership offering for everybody. But in the meantime, you want that VIP MHH video content? Be a VIP, go become a supporter. Check out the merch store when you get some time. HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on like Dave from Georgia most definitely has done, as you will soon see. All right. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Get a hat, get a t shirt, get a mug, little something, something to rep the brand and your team colors. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. We are seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you do these three things, though, all right? Number one, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, if you're on uh, uh, Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you click the notifications. Get notified every time we go live, every time a new episode or video pops. Like this video, pretty please, all right? Pretty please. It helps us a lot, especially on YouTube and Facebook. Just give it a like, all right? we got hundreds of people with us right now in this live chat just give us a like. It helps out tremendously. Uh, And then the third thing, guys, share it out there. If we're doing a good job for you, or at the very least, if you respect the effort, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
4: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.
0: Your story, it lives in River City where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel where we set the standard for service
5: and looking out for one another where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it, whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where
0: your story lives.
6: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.
2: going to say hello to one of our great superstars. Long awaited, finally the time has come, Dave from Georgia, a.k.a. Dave Coleman. My friend, we have seriously been really looking forward to this. We were so stoked that you accepted the invitation to come on. How are you, and welcome.
5: I'm doing really good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys tonight.
2: Now, since this is our first time to sit down and talk with Dave, we got to roll it back to the questions that started this whole thing, all right? And I'm going to roll with the first one, and that is, Dave, you are one of our great superstars who embody and exemplify our hashtag state of being, right? Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It's wherever you are, and obviously by your title on YouTube or your, your handle, you're in Georgia. So tell us, tell our great community how you became such a dedicated, passionate, knowledgeable Broncos fan uh, living
5: abroad, so to speak. Well I'm I'm actually a transplanted Broncos fan. I grew up in Fort Collins. Okay. So I got I got to actually go to some I got to actually go to some summer training training camps back in early 80s, late 70s.
3: Dave, first of all, can you show your shirt off? I'm just curious for my own my own personal brand right there. Let him, hey baby, I love it, Dave. Appreciate you picking up the shirt and rocking that. Uh, I want your opinion, obviously. I believe for the most part you share a mind and your hive mind with Chad and I about Drew Locke. Pretend you're George Payton. How would you go about the quarterback position? Would you uh, acquire a first-round quarterback? Would you run it back with Locke for one more year? What's your confidence level on Locke, and what would you do if you were the GM?
5: Well, I think Locke's going to surprise some people this year. Um, Just having having some time in the offense is going to – greatly improve his thinking of his thinking ability um but if 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 it if it happens and we draft a quarterback you know i'll, I'll support him too so
2: that's right you gotta but, you gotta support the uh the, feel, the name on the front
5: i feel like we're uh just we just if we give up on him now we just wasted a, a premium pick so
2: Fat cats jumping in early with a super chat. Appreciate you, bro. He says just dropping a little love. What's up to the priest, the beast, and the man from Georgia, Dave? And then he gives the peace sign. Shout out to you, Fat Cats. Appreciate you. Hey, you brought up Fort Collins, where you're from. You brought up going to training camp. That was back in the day when training camp was in Greeley, right?
5: Uh no, they actually had they actually had them on a uh, the CSU campus. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Uh, I actually got to meet Randy Gratishar. Was a he's just an absolute gentle Gentleman, I mean, no, nothing like you like like what you see see him on the field. I mean, he's just an absolute gentleman off the field.
3: He was an animal, Zach. Dave, we already got a comment from uh, Robert Kitchens. Damn, Dave, you got a NoShan jersey. You must really like the Broncos. This is a perfect time, Dave. You told us
2: about this off camera. Why don't you share your personal story involving uh, NoShan? Well, hold on, hold on. This is this is the Prophet Dave. Okay, this is Nostra Dave. All right, go. All
5: right, well, I worked in the. I worked in the downtown bar industry here in Athens, Georgia, and uh, I, I got to meet a number of Georgia players and no was one of them. He was really, he was really nice. He was uh, just as polite as can be. And I had a couple interactions with him. And I, t- the, the second one, I was was getting close to the draft and I told him, you know, Denver's, Denver's, for, uh, Denver's ability to draft running backs. You might end up, you might end up there. Well, that year, they they ended up drafting him in the first round. So I was, I was pretty <laughs> psyched about that.
2: That's right. No Sean Moreno, former Georgia Bulldog. I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head if he was the first Josh McDaniels draft pick or if it was Robert Ayers. They both came in that first round. I want to say it was No Sean, then Ayers. But yeah, I, I think No Sean
5: was 12th or something like that.
2: What? Oh, and Ayers, maybe Ayers was top 10. I'm trying to remember now. It was a reach on on Ayers. Uh, yeah. Nevertheless. All right. So obviously you got a special connection with no Sean Moreno. We've gotten your take on kind of the quarterback situation. So that being the case, like you're going to rally behind whatever quarterback puts on the Jersey, takes that snap under center, just like most fans. But who do you, what do you want in a perfect world, Dave? What do you want to see your Denver Broncos do in the first round? You got a prospect, you got a position. What do you got your heart set on?
5: I still feel like we could trade back and, get some really, really good premium defensive players. Um, I just, we spent so much time, we spent so much effort on offense over the last couple of years. I think, I think we really need to concentrate on our defense. And that way we're not down seven defensive backs at the end of the year.
3: Dave, I'm curious. I want to just take it back to the past for a second. We, we, I like to ask us on every super chat superstar segment. I realize we haven't had you on to ask, as a Broncos fan, I know you know where I'm going with the question. What's been your favorite memory? What's been your least favorite memory in Broncos country?
5: Well, see, I I would have to say my favorite memory, and this may actually surprise you, was the uh, the wild card playoff game against Jacksonville. I actually that was the one and only Denver Broncos game I ever got to attend, and I think that was quite possibly the best game ever.
2: Wait, so are you talking about the one in 96, the, the home loss, the big upset no, loss? The next year when we won, when we beat them. Right, in the wild card. That's right, because that was the yeah. divisional round. You're right. That's That, cool, was, prob-
5: that was probably my, my favorite Broncos memory there. Um, I'd have to say, uh, as far as my worst, I'd have to say, uh, I don't know if any of you remember the name Matt Robinson. Uh, he, uh, for some reason, he played for the Jets and – one one season, he just absolutely ripped us apart. And Dan Reeves did everything he could to trade for the guy next year, and I, I think he was gone midway through the season.
3: Was he a running back? No, he was a quarterback. Quarterback, I, I, one of the two. Yes,
2: I just, I I really just googled heard. him. I just googled him.
3: All right, yeah, now was, what, uh, now
2: what was his connection to it? What was the what was the Matt Robinson connection to your story?
5: I, he was my least favorite my least favorite Broncos memory. Oh, he tore us up. Uh, he just. He wasn't worth what we gave up for him. And he just, he was, he was, like I said, he was gone the next year.
2: Dude, I have no memory of this. Oh, it was, it was before my time. Okay. All right. 1980. Sounds like Flacco. 1980.
5: Yeah. All right. Cool,
2: man. Okay. I got one more for you, Dave. All right. Muhammad jumping in with a super chat. Good to see you, bro. He says, Good to see you, Dave. Appreciate you. And we got also another one here. Uh, John's telling me uh, from Michaela. Love you, Michaela. Appreciate you. It is our everlasting lament that uh, coming on the show is not in the cards. But if that ever changes, Michaela, you let us know, because we would love to sit down and chat with you. She says, football priest plus beast plus day from Georgia equals one hell of a pod. Thank you, Michaela. That's awesome. All right. So that being said, uh, it's it's somewhat of a controversial topic. There's a reason I want to get your, your, your take on this, Dave. It's our last question for you, and then we're going to cut you loose. Okay. Uh, the Denver Broncos players collectively announced on Tuesday via statement provided by the NFLPA that they are not going to attend the voluntary portion of OTAs, which is set to kick off around the NFL April 19th. What was your gut reaction to that, and how much does that really matter
5: in your book? Well, I mean, how how much time are we actually talking about here of them missing? And it's not like they're they're not really going through full practice sessions. So I don't think it'll be too much of a too much of an issue. But you'd still like to see them out on the field.
2: All right, buddy. Hey, man, it's been a blast getting to sit down and talk with you. Finally, I have uh, again, we've really been looking forward to it. And thanks for making some time for us. Look, guys, you got to – look, I forgot to actually put Dave's Twitter account on the um, – on his handle there. I'm trying to remember. Is it Dave – hold on. Let me, let me let me pull it up real quick. Dave from Georgia. Easy to remember. At Dave from Georgia. All right? Any, everyone can remember that. All right? At Dave from Georgia. Follow him on Twitter. Very fun, very engaged Twitter um, fan in Broncos country. He's Dave Coleman. Thanks for joining us, my friend, and we look forward to seeing you in the chat, and thank you for everything. Seriously, dude. Shout out from the heart, from all of us. Thank you for your support uh, and your, and what you mean to our community and and to us as staff as well.
5: Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Broncos country. All right. Let them hate.
2: Let them hate rocket dude. Let them hate. All right, buddy. We'll see you, Dave. Thanks Dave. There he goes. Dave Coleman. Love him. I love that guy for real. He's a, he's a, he is the genuine article. And, uh, I don't, I'm not lying when I said I look forward to talking with this guy. I just wish I was not about th- three or four minutes late pre-show so I could have caught up with him a little bit more. But, Dave, we'll rectify that another time. Trust. We'll catch up another time. We'll get you back on the show. It'll be a guest. So.
4: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
2: Uh, real quick here straight forward oh seven very interesting appreciate that super chat he says hawaii in the house my first live stream love the show boys very cool very cool awesome welcome Uh, connect on twitter so we'll keep we'll keep tabs we got black knight 232 well on twitch he flips those numbers around 323 just hanging out tonight on twitch cool cool good to see you jeremy we're looking forward to having you on what did we decide uh not memorial day was it memorial day uh standby. It was yeah, Memorial Day. So April, April 30 or uh May 31st is when we're gonna have Jeremy finally on the show, aka Black Knight 232, as most people know. Him. Uh Jake Gerard, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. bonafide superstar. He goes, Hey guys, I know Brandon McManus and Justin Simmons are the team reps, but do you think it was Jawan James' idea to cancel off season workouts? Also, uh and also offensive tackle round one. So this guy is uh, Jake. Love you, bro. You're you're basically sharing a brain with John. John's all about taking a taking a uh, offensive tackle in the first round. But Zach, you and I haven't really waded into uh, the whole topic of OTAs and all that. What's what was your reaction? Um,
3: I think my reaction was kind of multi pronged. I'm not overreacting to voluntary workouts because this season's not going to make or break. Uh, on voluntary workouts and sessions that most players don't take seriously anyway they're doing it because they have workout bonuses at stake chat or some other incentive financially to come and show show up at the facility on the other hand though, the criticism that the Broncos got and McManus especially who and he's becoming such a thorn in the Broncos side I mean personally, how outspoken he's become it's like bro you're a kicker let, let's let 's pump the brakes a little bit you're not even the best kicker in the NFL. But this is a team that hasn't been relevant in six years now. This is a team that is far off the relevancy map as you could be. So why wouldn't you want to get better? What message does that send? It's one thing when Seattle does it. It's one thing when Tampa Bay does it. Those teams have won recently. Those teams are winners. The Broncos are not. So they're on their high horse, and I understand it for the most part, and I don't want to make it political, but they're on their high horse about the word that should go unnamed in the pandemic right now, and then wanting to be protected, but it seems like they were just kind of taking their marching orders from J.C. Treder and D. Maury Smith, the NFLPA heads, and they wanted to almost be the political action in the NFL. They wanted to be at the forefront of that more so than what matters to football, football matters and they want to get better. They should all be in the facility. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. You know, if you want to be safe, you can be safe, but this is about football. This is about improving the team overall. And when you're a five, six win team for four or five years straight, I don't believe taking off any work voluntarily
2: when they've had off since January sends the right message to the fan base, at least to me. Look, here's the thing. I don't buy the, I don't buy the what the motivations are here, and here's why. The NFL and the Broncos were one of the true, like, shining examples of this. Absolutely crushed it last year. Really setting the the stage, setting the the model for all pro leagues and and college teams too, college schools, uh, for how to handle and operate this thing in as safe of an environment as you possibly can make it in the midst of what is a pandemic. They did a great job. I mean, we we talked about in depth multiple times last summer, leading up to training camp, the insane, in a good way, um, contingencies and protocols that the team has in place to protect players. In fact, Zach, most of – look at Shelby Harris, for example, who contracted the bug during the, the 2020 season. He didn't get the bug in the building. He got the, bu- the bug from outside the building, right? And so, look, I think it's one of those things where it's a very convenient – uh, out to say, Hey, look, I know we've constantly as a, as a, as a union, we've been trying to negotiate with the owners to over time. And they have really taken a big bite out of what OTAs used to be, but we've been negotiating over time with the owners to whittle away at what the off season training program is. And they've gotten it to a point where it's basically, you know, it's workout and shorts and helmet at times. It's like glorified flag football, little lifting, all that stuff. And now they're saying, we don't want to do it at all. Right? If the NFLPA has its way, there would be no OTAs. Now, Zach, we learned, uh, we'll talk about it here in a minute, that the NFL owners, they have kind of laid out uh, uh, an OTA expectation, an offseason expectation. We'll see how the NFLPA ultimately uh, responds to that. We'll get to that here in a minute. I think Ian Rappaport had some insight on that. But, Zach, when you take into consideration the protocols that the team has put in place, all right, which are still to this day strictly, strictly followed, the fact that there are now vaccines out there, all right, the Broncos are making it mandatory for any employee that has exposure to players. They actually have to get the vaccines mandatory. Now the players that's on them, they're not going to mandate the players uh, to get a vaccine, but now that it's proliferating and the access to vaccines is becoming uh, ubiquitous, I don't see any reason other than we don't want to show up. And it's not out of laziness. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these guys don't want to work. I'm just saying look, NFL players, the veterans have long hated the offseason training program, all right? But what it's for, as Zach just said, it's about the young guys and that's what I worry about here Zach is is at it, is it the end of the world skipping voluntary OTAs? Not at all. But it's just another opportunity for the young guys to be within the embrace of the of the team, to be within the embrace of the coaches, hone their craft, learn the scheme, continue to build on what they did last year, and that's what I worry about. And yeah, and who does that affect
3: the most? That would be one Mr. Drew Locke who needs the reps desperately a make or break season, and he, he didn't have it last year, and that was the whole point of keeping Pat Shermer and the coaching staff around for continuity. And as a team, you're going to decide now to take away that continuity and delay your development until, what, late spring work, early June work, training camp work? I mean, where does it really end? One thing I found hilarious, though, and kind of depressing on one hand was that Locke was actually criticized because, of course, for not stepping up to his teammates and demanding they come into practice. Like like one man can outnumber the entire team. But also on that token, it's kind of troubling, Chad. Maybe it's just me. I don't get the sense there's a lot of leadership in Dud Valley right now, and that is from the coaching staff on down. I mean, where has Big Fangio been throughout all of this, last year with the marching, last year with the protocols? It really says to me, in a very large sense, that the inmates run the asylum. And I don't like that when you're a losing team that hasn't been relevant in over half a, half a decade now.
2: Dave from Georgia, appreciate you, brother. Really appreciate you. He jumps in with a super chat and a message. Hey, Broncos country, thanks for the lovely uh, time. I'm sure it's worth it. Y'all rock. Hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos country. Yeah, hats off to you, brother. Seriously. Um, and by the way, I know there was a question in there. No Sean Moreno, like C.J. Anderson, got over 1,000 yards one time. But in No case, he actually had a 900-plus season his rookie year. He came this close his rookie year to breaking 1,000, came just short. But 2013 was uh, No Sean Moreno's one and only 1,000-yard campaign, it was in that just prolific Peyton Manning 2013 record-setting offense, 606 points, all the passing records and all that. No, Sean played a big role in that. All right? He totaled double-digit touchdowns from scrimmage, Zach, and 1,000 yards on the ground. Plus, he was one of the better. I'm not going to say one of the best, but he was one of the better pass-blocking backs and one of the better pass-catching backs in his time
3: yeah Nostra Davis got that one right predicting Moreno <laughs> going to Denver and like he said he was continuing a very long line in productive Broncos running backs that continued well beyond uh, no Sean Moreno's stint in Denver
2: real quick John Jerry here real quick Jerry there's an ad on Facebook over the pod that's a surprise to me I'm not aware that any ads are running on our on our content um could have been YouTube Facebook. was it no he's he's on he's on Facebook so um, I'm gonna have to look into that and I will check on that uh, Dale, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. It's been fun also, by the way, engaging with you and seeing some of your tweets. Uh that keep it up. He says, I miss catching you guys live. Unless he believes the quarterback is an immediate upgrade over Locke. I can't see Peyton not being focused on improving the team in other ways via the draft. Thanks, John, Chad, and Zach. Yeah, I mean I just don't think the Broncos are off Drew yet. And because of that I think they're doing the best they can to send those smoke signals up and they're going to try and capitalize on what is going to be a feeding frenzy for, you know, cause look, these are publishers, this mock we did, I'll pull it up here. Um, but the mock we did, the publisher mock, these are team site. These aren't just team site experts. All right. These aren't just experts on the team they cover. I mean, many of these guys are the Mike Clisses of their market. These are guys like, um, Mike Fisher in Dallas, for example, covers the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's he's the guy that's riding on Jerry Jones' jet with them when they go to away games, stuff like that. Like, these guys know what's up. It was really surprising to me, Zach, really surprising, with all of the hype we've been hearing, to see both Justin Fields and Trey Lance there for the Broncos when I went on the clock to pick for him at 9.
3: And it very well could be you know life imitating art come april twenty ninth but I thought it was kind of hilarious today with Pat Shermer being at Fields' Pro Day, and there was a picture of him yucking it up with, I believe it was the Ohio State head coach, and everyone was fawning all over the picture, like, this guy isn't going to be fired this time next year. He'll be not the Broncos' OC. So it's it's fun to consider and fun to bandy about in your mind, the Broncos getting a field, getting a Trey Lance. But what sobers you up right away is realizing that quarterback would be hand-delivered into Pat Shermer's clutches. And that goes –
2: that kills the whole fantasy right away, Chad. Instant turnoff. By the way, no Sean Moreno. I do not view him as a Bronco bust, not in one – any way, shape, or form. I mean, this dude contributed to a Super Bowl berth, all right? He didn't end up, you know, becoming like a career-long Bronco. But this guy, while he was here, he had some knee issues, and that's that really hurt him uh, in 2011 – 2012 as well. He wasn't as productive and on the field in Peyton's first years. He should have been those year two, year three, year four in Denver though. I mean, he was a stud. He was like the, he was in, I, I make the argument that he was one of the best Peyton running backs that Peyton never had the chance to play with. And he played with some great ones that fit what he likes to do perfectly in his time in Indy. And I think Noshan was one of those guys, man. And it's unfortunate his knees um, things didn't work out for him when he signed that deal with Miami and he was quickly washed out of the league uh, after he left Denver. But I I remain uh, still very positive on no Sean Moreno's time in Denver.
3: He was like a poor man's Edron James for Peyton Manning in Denver. I mean, he was really uh, at that time, a very complete running back. So yeah, one of the more underrated guys,
2: I think in Broncos history, certainly not a bust. By any Call means. of Judy. Appreciate you, bro. Miss me with fields, get Lance or run it back with Locke. Look, I still if the Bron- if I'm completely wrong and the Broncos have a chance at one of these guys and they take one, look, I'm going to say all right, cool, let's figure out how this is going to work, let's get behind it, you know. In no way am I I don't want you guys to perceive my take on this issue as like being some kind of anti to any of these players cuz both Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I mean, they are truly talented phenomenal young young quarterbacks and they could end up becoming superstars in the league. As everyone knows, I have my doubts about any Ohio State quarterback. I, I mean, I know, scout the scout the player, not the school. And with Trey Lance, look, North Dakota State quarterbacks up to this point, highly drafted, haven't really turned out too well. Again, scout the player, not the school. That's not as much of a concern for me, though. It's the fact that it's a small sample size. So I think if you draft Trey Lance, well, any any first-round quarterback, there's a developmental curve for any player, period. But I think for Trey Lance in particular, Zach – Anyone who expects if the Broncos were to draft him, for him to come in and set the league on fire and be the next Patrick Mahomes where he's a stud out of the box, ain't going to happen, dude. This guy needs time to marinate.
3: Trey Lance, to me, has two spectrums he can land on, depending on coaching. He can either be Paxson Lynch or Josh Allen. And it all depends on the system he's thrust in. It depends on the coaching staff that gets their Their hooks into him and someone like Kyle Shanahan. You take Trey Lance, who I believe should be the pick at number three. I mean, you're talking about astronomical upside, but you deliver Trey Lance and that upside and that talent, which has to be owned and crafted and specifically tailored, you know, very rigorously. I don't believe Pat Shermer is the guy to do that. So, yeah, I would, barring a Zach Wilson miracle drop to number nine, Trey Lance is the guy I would take at quarterback over Fields. I think he has a higher
2: ceiling if managed correctly. Shout out to those who have given us some stars tonight on Facebook. Love you guys, Gary Leeds Palmer. who's just a consistent, regular, a supporter. He's not only one of our superstars on Facebook, but he's a supporter. Brad Murdoch as well. Shout out to you, dog. Lane uh, Meyer, Sean Miller. Each of you appreciate the love, appreciate the support, and we will definitely try to keep an eye out for any comments or questions in the chat. All right, let me uh, let me see where we're at here. We got 34. 36 minutes is, is about where we are. So we're we're making good time. Um, I'm trying to think news wise. Let me let me go back to uh, let me go back to this site here and see if there's anything we missed on. Oh, I, I know what I wanted to get your thoughts on. So did you guys see? And I, I want to be careful exactly what we say here because it's a hot button issue, it's a hot button topic. And there, there's a lot of hand wringing over it. All right, a lot of uh, clutching of the pearls over it, and I can understand why. But some people on this topic are uber, uber sensitive. Zach, your thoughts AJ, on what Alexander Johnson had to say on Twitter? I'll pull it up while you while you get started.
3: Ooh, let me measure my words correctly. I I, I don't think I'm the right person to ask because I don't believe that AJ said something that's that inflammatory. I don't think he advocated for people to literally die or to murder people or anything outrageous like that. I mean, did he say something that as an athlete with a lot of followers is not the most politically correct? Yeah, absolutely. But there's certain people, him included, of the mind where being PC all the time is not an unalienable right for an American, for a person. If you want to say something that you want, you should be allowed to say it. This is America. After all, you're protected by that right. So I'm not wringing my hands, Chad. I'm not clutching my pearls if I had any over what AJ said. It wasn't the smartest thing, but it's all, it's just a tweet. And he clarified that later and he was on the verge of being canceled by Broncos country and all even a team writer from the official in-house media arm of the Broncos was indirectly subtweeting AJ Johnson, who I'm sure was called by George Payton and said, maybe it's not the smartest thing to do. It's the climate we live in though, Chad. And he has to understand he played his college ball in Tennessee and he plays NFL ball now in Colorado, you cannot be more politically divisive in terms of red versus blue in terms of where he is. The climate in which he wants to operate in and what he wants to say, he has to realize that it's he's in the minority when it comes to that kind of uh, that rhetoric which again it's not anything with he should be cancelled or cut or fined or punished at all it wasn't the worst thing in the world it's just one person's opinion and he tweeted it out there that's the whole point of social media but that's also how toxic social media is because unless you fit in that box unless you conform and you're a sheep like everybody else you turn into AJ Johnson
2: you know what He stuck to his guns. The tweet's still live. He actually fired off a couple of them where he said, I'm not with the virus excuses. And then uh, he talked about it the planned pandemic or something. Look, some people out there, I know a lot of people like this, all right, personally, like people I know, some friends, some family, some just acquaintances. But some people are inclined to, they see patterns in things. Sometimes those patterns mean something. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people read too far into a pattern and then misinterpret whatever meaning might might be therein. In Johnson's case, maybe he's one of those guys. I don't want to call him a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to call him a tinfoil hat guy. Although this is kind of a little bit of a of a tinfoil hat type, uh, topic. All right, but then he goes on to say here, uh, quote. Sorry this this is being this site's being a little weird right now. Um, quote. I'm definitely rocking with my team and I support my teammates about not being in person based off all the other factors that help the individual players. What are those factors? I'm curious what what he's even pointing to there, just not for excuses around the pandemic, a planned pandemic to to quote him close quote. So that's what AJ said. And as you, you put it quite eloquently, Zach, the way he was uh, very much uh, made himself a pretty, pretty big bullseye on his back on, uh, on Twitter, especially. He became a pariah overnight, or
3: over, not even overnight, but in in terms of five minutes. You're talking about a fan, again, in another fan favorite in Broncos country's eyes, where he, there's one little quote-unquote perceived transgression and they're completely ready to wash their hands of him. You're talking about the dinosaur. This is a guy that everyone loved last year for his on-field play. And that's what we should all love about him, Chad, his on-field play. I don't care about his political views. I don't care what he thinks of the pandemic. I don't care about his conspiracy theories. But you know what? He's allowed to believe that. He's a human being. He's an American in this country. He has free will and a right to express himself. So whether you agree with it or not, it's his opinion. Does that impact how he Plays the game? No. And that's what all Broncos fans should care about how he plays football. Everything else is secondary. Why Broncos fans or media can't understand that is
2: sickening to me, honestly. Look, I don't agree with him. All right. There's, I'm not advocating that it's a correct um, philosophy or correct take, but I do at least respect him for having the gumption to say something he knows is probably going to be controversial. And for that, I say, look, You're taking the, you're standing in the teeth of uh, some pretty serious criticism. And, you know, in a lot of cases, those guys that get the calls from team PR and whatnot, or they even start seeing the, the backlash, they quickly delete. He hasn't done that. All right. turning the page. Andy Cowhick. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you for a very young team that just went five and 11. You'd prefer to see them get as much time together as possible, but it is what it is. Can't wait for draft day. Hashtag, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate you. And on that note, real quick, Zach, I want to bring up what uh, Ian Rappaport said today. Uh, Quote, well, uh," he said, the NFL has announced its offseason plans in a memo to teams with four weeks of virtual work, one week of on-field teaching work beginning May 17th, then four weeks of OTAs and minicamp, with only the minicamps themselves being Mandatory, and so we can go into some of this stuff here. I'll I'll try and blow it up uh, for everyone to see here, but um, that pretty well lays it out. So make no mistake, guys. We can go through the details here, all right? But the portion that the players are collectively choosing to skip next week—that's the voluntary portion. And even though traditionally, I mean, look back at all all the Broncos teams of the last twenty years when the when the um, uh, collective bargaining agreements have have. The last two, anyway, have been negotiated and pre-negotiated. All right, you got guys like Champ Bailey, very popular superstar player. John Lynch, going way back to, like, the 03, 04, 05 teams. You know, those those guys showed up to voluntary workouts, all right? Uh, Rod Smith. Now, you might say right now, to, well, hey, you know, that was a different time and place. None of those guys had the same concerns about the uh, having to deal with, like, a pandemic as the players in today's current uh, climate are. And on one hand, you're not wrong, all right? They didn't have that exact obstacle or that exact issue. But it's not to say, Zach, that there haven't been other communicable viruses that are a threat to the well-being of a professional athlete. in, in you know, the flu, different things. I mean, the flu can kill people, all right? So, look, it's voluntary. They're choosing to skip it. I don't think fans should freak out. I'm just hopeful that – what the NFL put out today because the Broncos, the young guys, especially offensively, this team is so young. They need those reps, Zach. I'm hoping that this really is this statement that was put out uh, and sent to teams that Rappaport regurgitated for us, thankfully, that it is a harbinger of a very real to come mandatory minicamp that that's actually going to happen. It ha-
3: they have to have some on-field work, and I believe the- even McManus today kind of walked back uh, some of the comments yesterday and even hinted strongly that they'll be in the facility for for in-person work at some point. And to me, as long as they have mandatory mini camps in June, as long as they have training camp in full, unlike last year, a preseason game or two would be nice, Chad, just to get the rust off. As long as they have those things, I believe they'll be okay. But it does suck for the younger players. It does suck for people like Drew Locke who need every single rep, every single in-person bonding experience he can get. And it's a shame that, once again, political clout comes at the forefront of a football matter. I don't understand when football and politics became so interwoven. I understand it always has been to an extent, but lately they're just one in the same. And at some points, especially for people like McManus or inhabitants of Colorado, politics supersedes football, and it's
2: it's depressing. Now, here's, here's something he said in relation to Tom Pelissero that, first off, I want to Make clear, my understanding is the Broncos do have protocols in place to enter that building, all right, with regard to the pandemic. Tom Pellicero said, quote, the Broncos have had 22 players work out at the facility this offseason, second only to the Cowboys with 25 per source. A dozen teams have had 15 or more. So while the NFLPA and players emphasize safety issues of returning to facilities, many are already there. And then McManus says, quote, uneducated statement. Mostly those are rehab players. No, no is an absolute, guys. No protocols in place. In order to get in on a Monday, how can we test 65 players, meet, lift in a CBA agreed upon four-hour window? Do players have to come in on Sunday to test? Wouldn't that make it mandatory and not voluntary anymore? This is the true issue, guys, right here. The veterans have long hated that it's called voluntary, but it's basically expected as mandatory, all right? This is really what it boils down to, all right? In my opinion, this is just my take, but Zach, yes, that's what you do. You show up, you test early so that you can get in the building and be there for your team. That's what you did for practice, right, last year. That's what you did for training camp. You went through the testing protocols. You go in early. Do you think the Broncos haven't had this planned out? Do you honestly believe that the Broncos are going at this all slapdash that they haven't thought ahead to how the testing is going to work when the players show up for voluntary OTAs? Give me a break.
3: They were at the forefront. They were the cutting-edge organization last year when it came to defeating the virus, Chad. They had all the protocols in place first, and I believe they were one of, if not the first team to get their protocol uh, approved by the NFL. But, you know, it seems like McManus has taken an arbitrary stance here. He's okay with players coming into rehab. What's the difference as long as they're in the facility? What's the difference what they're doing there? They're in person. They're vaccinated or not vaccinated, but they're still in the facility. Where was the hand wringing then when there was 22 players, which he knew about Chad being the union rep for the team? Where was the outrage then? But he had to make it something political. He had to grandstand and get on the soapbox outwardly, publicly. And as a team, that's why they put this out there. But where was this before? He knew about this. What's the difference?
2: That's why the one thing Alexander Johnson said, all right, that I'm inclined to believe um, it's more like the the one thing Alexander Johnson said that to me has some real interesting context to it. And that is the whole, you know, I'm not worried about the pandemic or whatever. I'm, I'm standing with my guys on all the other issues. What are the other issues? They don't want to be forced to show up for something that is considered voluntary. They're not getting paid for it, dude. That's the bottom line. All right. Cobsters. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. You've come on very strong of late. Keep it up, my friend. You're working your way toward being a, a superstar. Keep it up. He says, I've seen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. In lock. We trust Parsons at nine. The name's Kobe right on Kobe. Huge fan. Right on bro. Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you. Good to see you. And real quick guys, uh, Eddie. Yes. We're going to get you a shirt. Trust on that. We'll get you a let Him hate t-shirt sent your way. Believe. All right. Um, we are at 48 minutes and I got to keep tonight's live stream pod pretty close to the bone Um, on the 60 minutes. Um, Michael, Geez, wow. Louise, my friend. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, been really cool to interact with you on Twitter. I know we just DM'd briefly today, but just also just seeing you in the in my mentions and it's been really cool. Appreciate that support. Very generous, my friend. Thank you so much. He says, "I told you I'd be here, Chad. Thanks for the Twitter follow. You got it. I do like Drew Locke, but they cannot go into the season with this QB room. Move up, take Lancer Fields if you can." The bro- uh they don't cost as much as they did when uh Jamarcus Russell got 68 million. Yeah, I want to say it was Sam Bradford was the last quarterback that played mm-hmm. on the pre CBA uh contract. So, uh as a rookie. So he's, you know, that NFL team who was the Rams, wasn't the Rams? Yeah, it was the Rams had to pay him like he, w- you know, was a 10-year vet that has been to multiple pro bowls and won a Super Bowl just to get him in the door. That I get why that part of the CBA was uh, renegotiated. And while owners are going, look, we don't want to have to pay these exorbitant fees to first round picks to, you know, top five picks, these exorbitant contracts, that money should be going to the veterans. And that's one cool thing. One of the, one of the best things that ever came out of uh, the CBA that was, um, that was codified 11 years ago. And that was basically held up this past CBA last year. But this here's where I kind of disagree. I agree
3: that, they can't go into the season with the same three quarterbacks, meaning Locke, Ripon, and Jeff Driscoll, who should be cut yesterday. But it doesn't have to be a first-rounder or nothing. They could pick up a veteran still in, in training camp cuts. They can acquire one like Nick Foles or Bridgewater,
6: which I don't hope for. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Or they can draft one in
3: the second or third round. Someone like Helen Mond, Davis Mills, God forbid Kyle Trask. They have many different options here. But, uh, Michael, thank you, f- first of all, for support. And second of all, I agree with the premise here. They need to upgrade the
2: room by a substandard. But it, to me, doesn't have to be, uh, you know, all or nothing. Well, because if you're saying, Michael, that they have to, they can't go into the season. Like this, right? what the QB room as currently constituted, to me, what that says is you're not saying they lack talent. What it sounds like you're saying is they lack experience, which is true, relatively speaking. Drew's only got 18 starts. Brett Ripon's got two years in the league, one start. Uh, currently, Jeff Driscoll remains a Bronco. He's got less starts than Drew. He's even though he's been in the league longer. So if it if experience matters, I can only and I can only infer this from what you're saying. Um, no rookie quarterback procured through this draft is going to check that box for you, my dog. No rookie quarterback that I used an absolute few rookie quarterbacks, all right, come into the league in year one. And even if they light it up themselves, does that translate to team success at large? We've talked about the recent exceptions to that rule, like Lamar. We've talked about RG3, Andrew Luck, but you know, so if you're if you're looking for experience, you got to go the veteran route, Zach. And here's Eric. Appreciate you, my friend. He goes, can Parsons cover? He blitzed every down, it seemed. Um, there are questions to that. I think he can. I think if you get him in under the wing of, of these coaches in Denver, as an example, I think you could turn him into a very competent coverage linebacker. Um, but he's still very raw, guys. He's a very raw player. He missed last year. He could have really used last year on his opt-out uh, to continue to develop these different components of his game. Um, he's kind of still bumbling his way around a little bit, but the talent is undeniable. So you get him in with the right coaches. And I think Vic Fangio, Reggie Herring, um, Ed Donatel, those are the right coaches to bring out the best in this guy.
3: And how about teammates like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb? I mean, that's just what what a great learning experience, you know, to, to get thrown into the deep end. What better uh, mentors to have around you? And what I love about Micah Parsons, again, take away the red flags, which of which there are many apparently. He can play inside or outside linebackers. So you're basically getting two different players in one and a blue chip linebacker at that. And it's just the last little cherry on top of what could be a top three defense in 2021.
2: We got straight, uh, straight Forward 07 again. Appreciate you. Make sure you connect with us on, U- on uh, Twitter, all right? Love the moves George Payton is doing. A lot of mystery games on the draft. Keep uh, keeping the rest of the league wondering. Hashtag making a move. Hashtag poker face. Hashtag let them hate and Broncos for life. That's my read, all right, guys? And look, I've been doing this a long time. I've been wrong a long, oh, many times. All right. I mean, my favorite wide receiver in 24, uh, 2014 was Cody Latimer. All right. That was before the Broncos drafted him. I was wrong on that. It was a bust. All right. Um, so I'm not telling you I'm infallible. I'm, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes my gut and my read ends up being incorrect, but this is how I view what's going on right now. I will be modestly surprised nothing shocks me in the NFL but I would be modestly surprised if the Broncos do end up maneuvering to to get a quarterback and even if one of the guys are there at nine I'll still be somewhat surprised if they step over a top-rated corner you know blue chip offensive tackle you know blue chip edge rusher uh, etc to take a quarterback because they're not gonna that quarterback ain't gonna help you win now yeah and
3: I wouldn't be surprised at all if these quarterback Rumors and the pro day attendance is a smokescreen to keep that pick valuable. And if a team wants to come up, they can, you know, pillage them for extra capital or they can stay put, Chad, and just like, like, uh, cold, what's it? Straightforward forward 07. Okay, that kind of threw me for a loop there. Like he says, I mean, it's it's a poker face. It's a maneuver. I mean, keep people guessing and don't show your hand. And that's exactly what George Payton has done. Not only a quarterback, and like I've mentioned, he's given Drew Locke a little support, but he's also kept it open. He's saying quarterback will be an option at nine, like every other position is, and I like to see that. So ultimately, I still think it could be a
2: trade down even. I think that's more likely than him coming up for a quarterback. All right, real quick, John. Um, we need uh, discount audio and wheels, Tony DA dub. Perfect. Good to see you, bro. Hope the store's doing well. It says, I have no issues with skipping voluntary OTAs specifically, excuse me, with now 17 games. That's a fair point. Players have non-guaranteed contracts, so can't blame them either. I don't blame them. All right. I just think that, you know, let's keep this in, in perspective. When do when's the last time the last like serious injury I can remember? And I want you guys to check me on this. If you can think of one I'm missing off the top of my head, the last serious injury I can remember a Broncos suffering in a non training camp environment was Jeff Hierman Rookie Camp 2015, towards ACL on a punt or a kickoff coverage drill. Am I misremembering that? Is there are there guys more recently that have suffered serious injury during OTAs? That's why the players negotiated it down, whittled it down to the form that it is today. It used to be back in the day, even in the, in the nineties, OTAs were basically an extension of training camp. There was hitting, there was tackling, there was popping, there was contact. And it was, they, those coaches, man, I mean, they were merciless. They ground their players. Those guys had a legitimate beef in terms of, Hey man, then we got to do this. We're not getting paid for voluntary. And then, then we, got, then we got mandatory, then we got camp, then we got the preseason, then we got the grueling 16-game schedule. Sk- Those guys had a legit beef in that regard. I'm not so sure that holds as much water nowadays, Tony. I agree, but I think from the fans' point of view that don't
3: like them skipping is that it's their grandstanding, it seems like. They're using the virus as a means to... Uh, push their NFLPA narrative, and they should be focused on getting better, Chad. This is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs, again, since 2015. That is an eon ago in the NFL, so they should be taking every opportunity, not to be at the forefront of a political movement or uh, of the NFLPA's arm, but to be getting better on the field regardless of the virus. If you're scared, get the vaccine, wear five masks, You know, stay in your basement, be virtual for now if you want, but as a team you have to be focusing on football matters. Fans want to see what you can do on the field. I don't care about AJ Johnson's Twitter account. I don't care about McManus's personal thoughts. If he can kick a field goal, if Johnson can tackle well, that's all I care about. And I think that's the pulse of the
2: ordinary fan in Broncos country. Well said. BNS jumping in. Good to see you, bro. Longtime superstar. Your eminences. Didn't most of the pressures, sacks and injuries come from right tackle? Would it matter who the QB is, if it, it can't be protected, we need a right tackle when the marshmallow man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Cause Bowles was, I mean, he locked it down last year. Right. So even drew Locke, who got hurt in week two, that was a combined snafu between Elijah Wilkinson, letting TJ Watt just slide right on through and Dalton Reisner and uh, Garrett Bowles having a miscue on a stunt. They kind of just got confused communication-wise on a stunt, which allowed Bud Dupree to sneak back and and hit Drew from behind. And what's up, Christy? The queen in the house. Good to see you. And Drew not having the kind of pocket presence and feel you want to see. Where's that clock in your head, dog? Get rid of the ball. Uh, so there was a few uh, issues there. But, Zach, the point is not lost on us. Right tackle was a sieve. Pass blocking-wise, except for when, your boy, was at right <laughs> tackle after Talk Eli got hurt. Yep, Mar Dotson.
3: Yeah, I, I might have. You know, the human mind has the incredible ability to scrub the unpleasant parts of life from it, Chad. And I think I forgot about last season, but I seem to remember every time there was a dropback with Wilkinson in the game, he allowed pressure. I mean, it was not even just Drew Locke; it was Driscoll, it was Brett Ripon, whoever was quarterbacking was constantly under duress. Was it only right tackle? No, as we've mentioned, Cushenberry broke down last year, Reisner broke down last year, Glasgow broke down last year. But the right tackle, the edge pressure, Chad, was just
2: extraordinary. Almost snap in and snap out. All right. I got to move it along, guys. I'm trying to uh, have some sympathy for your boy here, okay? I'm trying to get to one of my daughter's softball games, all right? she um, Her games go just started about a week and a half ago, and they go at the exact same time we stream to you. And guess what? They're only on these days that we're – the days that we do our live our, our live pods here at Huddle Up. So tonight it just so happens that it got pushed back, so I got a chance uh, to catch some of this game. So that's why we got to be a little bit quick tonight. Isaiah eleven twenty seven. One of the co hosts of the up and coming Denver Broncos podcast. Nothing rhymes with orange and blue. Good to see you, bro. Hope you're doing well and congrats on your pod. The more highlight reels I see of Parsons. The more I want to see this guy in a Broncos uniform in Fangio's defense. Your thoughts? Hashtag MHH Family. Yeah, dude, I'm a I'm I'd be all about it. I mean, I would have taken him in that publisher mock Zach if he would have been there. He wasn't. Yeah. He was off the board, I want to say, in the top five. Yeah, you and I are are two of the bigger
3: proponents in in Broncos media of the Broncos actually landing Micah Parsons. I just think he's the last missing link to this defense. They haven't had a dynamic inside linebacker since Denny Trevathan, Chad, and Brandon Marshall was far from that. So you can teach him to cover. You can play him in multiple spots. And there is risk factor if he lands with, I believe, 31 other NFL teams for the most part. But when you have this coaching staff and these players around him, I think he'd thrive
2: here. If he's the pick, I would love it. I would be all about that. Um, let me tell you real quick. Uh, hold up. Let me pull this up real quick. I know I'm about out of time here, but let me just tell you how the publishers saw the top 10 um, unfolding real quick, and then I'm going to grab Willie. By the way, what's up, Willie? Thank you, bro. He says, what is up, fellas? I think we're overreacting about OTAs. Can we get a shout-out for John? Also, the horse, the the rooster, the uh, device to keep uh, doors closed? From entry secure, <laughs> secure. Yes. John's the man guys. We love John. You guys know this. John's the man and uh, his article on uh, Sean Slater. Go check that out as soon as you can. All right. Real quick, Zach. I want to get your take on this. Here's how the publishers uh, saw the first round shaken out. Uh, actually, hold up. Let me, let me do this. Bam. Let me do this. Well, got to go. There we go. Now I can close that. All right. Here's how they saw the first round. Shaken out. All right, number one, surprise, surprise, Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Zach Wilson, surprise, surprise. Number three, this was a modest surprise, even though Scott Kennedy has been telling me that it's going to be that the Niners are telling all their insiders the buzz they're getting there is still Mac Jones. Still a surprise to me. Uh, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. Remember, trades were not allowed. Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Uh, Number five, the Bengals took Penny Sewell. Number six, Jamar Chase, uh, the, the wide receiver from uh, LSU to the Dolphins. Seven, it was Parsons. All right, so top seven in this mock. All right, Parsons was just out of reach for me selecting for the Broncos at nine. And then number eight, Rashawn Slater, John's, John's boy. And so, look, I had the opportunity. I took J.C. Horn. Uh, here's what happened next. Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys yep. at 10. And then a couple of quick things. Jalen Waddle at 11. Uh uh Quiddy Pay at twelve, Devontae Smith, still wow. no quarterback, still no Justin Fields, still no Trey Lance. Uh then finally at 14, the Vikings took Justin Fields, and then I'll tell you where Lance fell. New England. Of course. At 15. <laughs> Of course,
3: they would get the steal of the draft. I don't know, though, Slater going to Carolina at eight, them passing on a quarterback. I don't believe that Darnold is their franchise guy. I think he's a short-term rental and a reclamation project. That would be surprising to me if, if the draft shook out that way, but it'd be too. beneficial for Denver, Chad, having the pick of either quarterback or the best defensive player on
2: the board. Jeremy, thank you, my friend, for the super chat. Connect with us on Twitter. I'm about out of time, so these last two or three, we really got a rapid fire. He says, where do y'all stand on moving back from nine, drafting Najee Harris, the Alabama running back, depending on how far back we go, and then going after a Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback, in -hmm. the second. Zach? You can't
3: go offense, offense, back-to-back. You need defense, and I'm not drafting a first-round running back, Chad. I mean, as Philip Lindsay proved, and uh, C.J. Anderson, you can find a running back in any round. I'm of the mind. You don't waste a first round. On a running back, and you can't go, you can't double dip like that for a quarterback in the second. So you got to put defense in there somewhere, cornerback, inside linebacker. I wouldn't mind if Mond's the pick in the second, but to go running back than quarterback, I can't get on
2: board with that. See, yeah, I wouldn't like Mond in the second. I could live with it in the third, but I'd love it in the fourth on Mond. I just don't I think that's I how don't it think he's falling that far. No. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Christian, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. You said, do you guys, uh, did you guys see James Palmer's tweet about to take it seriously with Schirmer going to the fields, Lance Pro Day number 2, it seems like the writing's on the wall that we're taking one if they're at 9. Hashtag Bonds comeback season. The writing's on the wall, and they're trying to put it on the wall. They want everyone exactly. to see that writing on the wall, Christian. So you got to ask yourself why. Very rarely do GMs that far back in the top 10 try to telegraph what they're doing, right? Peyton's putting on a show, dude. We're all chilling in the theater right now, and he's setting the stage, all right? Follow the bouncing ball. That's what he's doing right now. Poker face. Exactly. The writing is what he wants you to see. Right now, everything
3: is being perfectly uh, manipulated intentionally to give the appearance of interest in a quarterback, and we won't know. And I don't even think Peyton knows until draft night when
2: he's on the clock, chatter coming up to the clock, which way he's going to go, either quarterback or non-quarterback. All right, guys. It pains me to do this, but we got to go. Before we dip on out of here, got to say thank you uh willie well i'm gonna grab willie one second uh we gotta say thank you to those who are giving us some stars on facebook our facebook superstars we're calling them which also includes as we mentioned earlier gary brad lane sean and also josh trahill john we had one there that you just flashed from josh grab him and we'll grab willie josh then will then willie uh josh great show chad and zach thank you always very informational on what's happening with our broncos Now I'm just waiting to see what we do on draft day. Denver Broncos for life. Let them hate. Let's go Broncos. Appreciate you, dog. Yep. We're uh, inching closer guys. We're two weeks out. Two weeks from tonight. will be draft eve. NFL draft Eve. Uh, Willie appreciate. He goes, I'm not getting paid. I'm not, if I'm not getting paid, I'm not working either. Yeah, I understand it. It, it all adds up and makes sense. All right. Um, But guys, we got to go. Seriously. I got to go Zach.
3: I was going to say, Willie, when you're getting paid millions, though, I mean, it's all relative as well. I mean, you can show up for a couple weeks of voluntary work when you're making that kind of money, at least to me.
2: And I'm pretty sure phase one of uh, the voluntary is three days, and you're mostly lifting lifting. and chilling and meetings and stuff. So, Chris P., thank you for the super chat, my friend. Uh, He says, good show. Go Broncos. Shout out to Dave from Georgia. Much love to you, my friend. It was great to finally get a chance to catch up with you. And uh, we look forward to doing that again. Shout out to Greg. Good to see you, bro. All right, guys. Before we dip out of here, reminder to connect with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL. John K. You know him as Beast. You find him on Twitter, though, at John K. M-H-H. I'm going to flash that. But here's how you find Mile High Huddle on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle. And then uh, John's. I got to get John's staged higher because then I got to scroll too far. At John K., MHH. And then guys, one last reminder, and then I'm going to serve it over to, to Zach to get us on out of here. Um, we told you peace out, Jeremy. Good to see you, bro. Uh, we told you about becoming a supporter on Facebook. Do that. All right. Get access to our premium VIP video content, but also make sure you are both following and liking the huddle up podcast page. We just crossed a um, thousand. It's like a three week old page and we just crossed a thousand the last few days. So thanks for your, for your support there guys. But when you both like, and follow the huddle up podcast page, which is where we're streaming now on Facebook, that automatically enters you into our giveaway that we do every single week, randomly select one of the followers of that page. Here's a t-shirt, right? So go get that done. And with that, Zach, Great show. Have a, have a great rest of your night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, bro.
3: I know you're in a hurry, so I'll make this quick. Thank you, everyone out there in the chat for another extraordinary podcast. Thank you, John, and thank you, Chad, for another great night. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Be there, take care, and as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.